Today on the On Enquirer podcast, it's here. It is finally here. The football season is ready to begin here in Champaign, Illinois, as Illinois hosts Toledo, the defending MAC champs, for a 6.30 kickoff on Big Ten Network under the lights in prime time. And uh, one of the more interesting matchups in the Big Ten during the opening week, outside of the few conference games that are actually happening. But Toledo, the defending MAC champs, got some momentum, got some hype in this offseason, got some votes in all these polls. Illinois coming off its best season in 15 years. This is an interesting game. It's spread minus nine Illinois right now. So we're expecting maybe some competitiveness in this game. Will we see that? I'm going to go over five things I'm looking for most in this game later on in this podcast. But before we do that, we're going to get some insight on the Toledo Rockets, the former program led by Tim Beckman, the former program led by, better, Matt Campbell, who's done a pretty good job at Iowa State, maybe waited too long uh, to to make his move up, but uh, still a really good coach, but I digress. Jason Candle has been leading that program since Matt Campbell left. He's had some ups, he's had some downs. But this seems to be one of the ups of his program, entering his eighth season at Toledo, coming off a MAC championship and a bowl win over Liberty and Hugh Freeze at that time. So now Candle, who uh, I've had on Illinois coaching list, never thought uh, he would be the guy. It was too early after Cubit uh, when they were going after Lovey Smith, and it was uh, he wasn't doing all that great when uh, Brett Bielma was the guy. Felt like Lance Leipold, Brett Bielma at that time uh, made a lot of sense among the names we were kind of banding about but Jason Candle has been on that list and now the Rockets are looking to become in their first meeting with Illinois by the way uh, the next MAC program to beat Illinois because Illinois has struggled a little bit here recently with them uh, last couple decades Illinois 15 and 6 all time against current MAC programs last one to come in here started to bring up some bad memories I was in the booth with Jay Lehman and Mike Monaco who's a star in the in the baseball play-by-play industry uh, did a great story. I loved doing it. Uh, BTN, they had a game. Uh, it was Eastern Michigan. And uh, Eastern Michigan won that game, 34-31. to 31. But Illinois has come a long way. I do think Toledo is better than that Eastern Michigan program, but Illinois certainly a better program than they were back then. But let's get some insight on the Toledo Rockets. Kyle Rowland covers Toledo for the Toledo Blade and does a fantastic job doing it. So he's going to join us next. Break down Daquan Finn and the Rockets, Jerwan Newton, a pretty good secondary as well, what he thinks about this matchup and what Toledo needs to do to pull off the upset and what Illinois does well that should concern the Rockets. That's coming up next on the Online Enquirer podcast. With the busy fall season around the corner, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam-packed days. Kids back in school, work is heating up again. Well, Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. You can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Choose from 34-plus weekly flavor-packed, dietitian-approved meals, ready-to-eat in just two minutes. Too busy running? around during the day to think about lunch well keep your energy up with lunch to go effortless wholesome meals like grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go no microwave required or if you're looking for calorie conscious options ahead of busy season try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving or if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best for the rest of summer and the start of fall try protein plus meals my favorite with 30 grams of protein or more per serving so this august 
Get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So head to factormeals.com slash Illini50 and use code Illini50 to get 50% off. That's code Illini50 at factormeals.com slash Illini50 to get 50% off. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, let's get some insight on the Toledo Rockets, who have pretty high expectations this year, from Kyle Rowan, who covers the Rockets for the Toledo Blade. Kyle, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? Uh, doing great. Got some dogs barking here in the background, so I apologize about that. Uh, but excited to talk some college football. Yeah, love the Nat sound. Well, uh, Jason Candle is a guy I think I've had on my coaching list in years past. I've had several of them, Kyle, at Illinois, but they, they've figure it seems like they got it right with uh, Brett Bielma here but I don't know if we call him a Tim Beckman protege or Matt Campbell protege but uh, he's got that Mountain Union background and, and he's he's had some success at Toledo but maybe a mid dip there but a, a big bounce back year last year how would you kind of explain his tenure and, and where that program's at under Candle going into eighth year here yeah I mean you did a good job of kind of talking about it there I mean definitely started off hot uh, I mean, his first game as coach was a bowl game. They beat a really good Temple team back in the day that was coached by Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they won the MAC title early on, and his star was really high. I mean, he seemed like kind of the next guy from Toledo that was going to get a Power Five job, um, and he he probably could have taken some some lower level jobs that he didn't necessarily want to. I don't know, coach to be fired, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, and he's hung around here. Uh, the last couple of years, he's turned down Miami, Florida, offensive coordinator jobs. He was kind of in the conversation for Notre Dame OC job last year. Um, and really going into the MAC title game, possibly was coaching for his job last year. Uh, they win that game. They beat Liberty in the bowl game. Uh, fans love him again. <laughs> Uh, his kind of national perception, I think, is on the rise again. I mean, he's a great offensive coach, um, a pretty decent program builder. I mean, I, I really think he would be a phenomenal offensive coordinator at a big-time program when all you have to focus on is just like that one thing instead of being all wrapped up in the whole team. Uh, that's not to say he couldn't be a successful head coach. I, I also think he could be. But, I mean, I, I really, really think he'd be a great OC at a big-time program. So expectations, pretty high for Toledo. How would you kind of explain it? Yeah, I mean, through the roof, really. Um, Toledo's interesting. Um, So I'm a Big Ten guy. I'm born and raised in Ohio. I went to Ohio State, and then I've previously covered Ohio State and Michigan. So I've been around big programs with fan bases that have, you know, unrealistic expectations, and they're nuts on message boards. Toledo's kind of like a mini version of that. Hmm. Um, Very passionate fan base. I mean, it's in a bigger city, obviously, Toledo. Um, so the community, you know, wants to see success. They have a, a good history, so they expect to be good. They've got a message board that's active. Uh, 
maybe a little too active sometimes for for the coaches in the athletic department. Um, but they, I think it's a good thing, quite frankly. And I tell their coaches this all the time when they ever have complaints. It's like, hey, like you should be happy that people care about you. That's right. I mean, they have a newspaper that covers them. They've got three TV stations to cover them. It's a it's a very different thing than most MAC programs experience. Um, so coming off of last season, I mean, you bring back 16 starters, you win the conference title, you win a bowl game, uh, and they have a very manageable schedule this year. I mean, Illinois is their toughest game on the schedule. And it's winnable. I mean, I don't necessarily think they're going to win. I don't think it would be a shock to everyone if Toledo did win. Uh, so if you win that one, I mean, you're going to be favored the rest of the way. Um, so they're, they're an under-the-radar, I think, group of five, New Year's six, you know, team like Tulane obviously is up there. UTSA, I know a lot of people think highly of. SMU. Um, I don't think they're quite in those teams' categories. Um, but if they win Saturday, I mean, it'll just be in complete overdrive uh, in town, just how excited everyone is. Yeah, I was going to ask you, Kyle, what's this game mean for Toledo? I mean, it kind of – that's a great part of this game. Toledo can kind of figure out what it is. Um, but the upside the upside is you're going to make money regardless going to this game. It's, it's a yeah. premier game. But you also could win it, right? And, and it seemed like it would change a lot for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they certainly are aware of how – how big this game is. Um, I mean, the, 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 there's, they, they can't escape the noise. I mean, they, you know, coaches and players try to always talk about, ah, you know, ignore the outside noise, whatever. I mean, it's just too loud. They know it's at stake. They know um, what, what is in front of them. Um, I think there's a couple interesting things. Number one, I think, I mean, Toledo beat, Arkansas or Brett Bielema coach Arkansas team in 2015. Yep. So from that standpoint, like you are not going to sneak up on Brett Bielema. Um, I mean, he obviously, I'm sure he's just drilling it in their heads. You know, this is a great team, great program, blah, 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 blah. blah. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean the players won't take Toledo lightly. The coaches definitely won't though. Uh, I think it helps Toledo that this is an opening game for multiple reasons. Number one, you've got obviously the the new guys in the secondary for Illinois, so they don't have like a game to kind of get things in order. I think that'll help Toledo. And I also think it helps just the singular focus of this game. And I mean, they've basically been preparing for this game for whatever, four months. Right. Um, perhaps you can be like over prepared because you're putting too much into it. Um, but just for like kind of those reasons, I think it kind of is to Toledo's advantage. Um, but they're also still going to be playing a team that has better players, that's deeper, um, and has you know one of the best defensive lines in the country, which is a is going to be a big time problem. Well, speaking of Toledo, Illinois, and Aaron Henry, the new defense coordinator, very concerned about DeQuan Finn, and, and you can see why. Uh, a little up and down at times last year, but can you break down the strengths of the Toledo quarterback's game and, and maybe some ways uh, he can be bothered by defenses? Yeah, I mean, he's a true dual-threat guy. I mean, he's a, a wonderful runner. I mean, in, in high school, he was kind of just this athlete that played quarterback. Um, not He wasn't a great passer, wasn't accurate. They've worked a lot with him the last few years uh, on that, and he's developed into a pretty solid passer. I mean, he's still completing under 60% of his passes. Obviously, they want that number higher. He only threw two interceptions two years ago. Right. That number ballooned last year. 
I think it was kind of a combination of him being overconfident in his abilities, getting a little greedy. Uh, they got to have that number down. You can't have your quarterback turn it over like that. Um, But I mean, he's, he's a huge weapon. I mean, he played great against Notre Dame a couple years ago, played great against Ohio state last year, even though I know the score was so lopsided, but he kind of became a little bit of a national sensation last year. I mean, highest state fans are on Twitter saying, you know, Oh, like they knew Stroud was going to go pro. So <laughs> can we get Jaquan Fenn to transfer to Ohio state? I mean, I don't necessarily know if he'd be a great Ohio state quarterback, um, but he definitely, I mean, he, he's got the tools. I talked to Phil Steele a few weeks ago and I mean, he was talking about, he thinks he has the ability to develop into an NFL type mm-hmm. quarterback. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I thought it was interesting for a guy who knows a lot to say that. Um, so I think Toledo, they have to get creative. Like the, the, the D line's just going to be too good for Illinois. You got to like roll Finn out at times and have some, you know, different looks up front that maybe are, are going to confuse Illinois. I don't think you can just like roll the ball out and say, Hey, we're just going to run a, a, you know, a quote unquote, like normal game plan uh, that right. they're going to have to get creative. But the, I talked about Finn not being as accurate maybe as they would want. He does have a knack for making big plays and making big completions when they need them. You know, maybe he'll only go like 17 for 26, but like three of those completions will be just huge at a moment where they really, really need it. And he's a natural winner. I just think that gets a different mindset for players. I mean, he was incredibly successful in high school, won a state title, Um, And that's kind of translated over to college now. Obviously, they won the MAC title last year. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think Toledo matches up with that Illinois defensive front like you're talking about. But um, as you said, the new look secondary for Illinois makes them a little bit vulnerable against an offensive tack under Candle that's been pretty good. What about the weapons around Finn? What's he got around him? Yeah, so so one, I mean, I think the first quarter becomes a very important time for Toledo. I mean, anytime you're the underdog, you want to get up early. Um, I don't think they want to play from behind in this game, but I would attack Illinois' secondary early and often and just see, you know, like what is there. Um, Jawan Newton, the brother of Johnny Newton, which I'm sure will be mentioned about 500 times on the broadcast. uh, He's probably Toledo's best receiver. Um, Devin Maddox, another guy. I think they're similar. I mean, they're somewhat undersized, but they're speedy guys. Uh, They know how to get open. I mean, they they can be vertical threats, but they can also go across the field and also make plays. Um, You know, kind of maybe get some yards after after catch type of players. Um, Eric Holly is kind of a bigger guy. Um, He hasn't really played much, but kind of showed out in camp at times. Uh, Junior Vandeross is another guy who hasn't played a whole lot that I know the coaches are very, very excited about. Um, And then if I can go to to running back too, I know you might talk about that. Uh, Jacquez Stewart is uh, a really, really fast guy. Um, Had some ball security issues at times last year, which isn't ideal if you're a running back. Um, but they're, they're very excited about him. And then Penny Boone, they kind of have a one-two punch. Penny Boone's a Maryland transfer. He was a little out of shape last year, kind of heavy. Didn't have a great yards per carry um, average, but he's slimmed down this year. He's matured. 
Um, and they seem to think he's in the, the right headspace and it'll be a pretty big contributor this year. Toledo's defense was really good uh, last year, but they have some pieces to replace up front. And again, when we're talking about a Brett Bielma, now Illinois team kind of mirrors what uh, Iowa and Wisconsin have done. That's the strength of Illinois' offense is is their offensive line. So what do you make of the defensive front for Toledo? Yeah, I mean, it would have been – Illinois maybe overall was a better team last year, but this could maybe would have been a more interesting matchup last year because Toledo's D-line – um, was so good. I guess Illinois had Chase Brown. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I mean, Deswan Johnson, they lost him. They lost Jamal Hines. Nate Jivhan was another guy who did a lot. I mean, Hines and Johnson alone, I mean, just the amount of tackles for loss and sacks they got the last couple of years, I mean, it was pretty Im- impressive. I mean, they were just so disruptive uh, in the backfield and just right at the line of scrimmage. Um, it's going to be hard to replace them and they're going to have to be replaced by committee. Like one guy isn't going to step in and all of a sudden kind of get the numbers they were able to produce. I think Darius Alexander's a, a big candidate to have a, a breakout year. He was a backup last year and kind of flashed at times. Um, Judge Culpepper is a Penn State transfer. He's been at Toledo a couple years. Really solid, smart player. You just kind of know what you're going to get out of him. Uh, Terrence Taylor is a, a kind of an edge rusher who missed all of last season, but he was really good two years ago. Um, so they're hoping, you know, if he's fully healthy, that's almost kind of like having a starter back, even though he missed last year. Um, but that, that, that matchup, I think that's, that's going to be a really tough matchup. I mean, Illinois has got a good line. They're going to be able to just go after Toledo, I think at times, um, the thing about the Notre Dame game two years ago, which I don't know how much Illinois fans remember that. I mean, Toledo should have beat Notre Dame. Um, and the thing that was just so incredible, like watching that game, is Toledo's defensive line just dominated Notre Dame's offensive line. I mean, it was almost as if they changed uniforms and Notre Dame's players were in Toledo uniforms. Um, that's just not going to be the case on Saturday. I mean, Toledo's missing some of those guys who were on that team the last two years. Uh, and Illinois' line, I think, will be much better than what Notre Dame had a few years ago. It's, a, it's amazing to say, but uh, Brett Bielema's done some work the last couple years with that offensive yes. line. Um, the back seven, though, this is, this is a great test for Luke Altmaier in his first start against an FBS opponent because that uh, Toledo back seven looks pre- pretty legit. Yeah, I mean, they have an All-American, which is crazy. Yeah. I mean, you don't get many All-Americans in the MAC, and you certainly don't get many that stay in this era. So people were surprised that Quinion Mitchell – great cornerback from Florida too um, did not transfer and then on the other side Chris McDonald I mean he's really really good all Mac guy as well um, you got Max and Hook a really good hard-nosed safety um, he just I don't know a chip on the shoulder type of guy that just loves contact and kind of is just always around the ball uh, Dallas Gant a linebacker transfer from Ohio State I think he's kind of the heart and soul of the defense almost in a way. He's just really intelligent player. He's a great leader. Um, he was one of the leading tacklers nationally last year. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, linebacker secondary, I think, is is a, is a really solid. Um, I think Altmaier is kind of the wild card in this whole game. Yep. I don't know if anyone really knows what they're going to get. I mean, I think he could be a stud. And I think he could be like, hey, this is his first start at Illinois, and maybe he just plays so-so. Um, so, I mean, the way he plays will, will uh, impact you know, the outcome of this game significantly. So what are the keys, Kyle, to Toledo pulling off this upset? Because Illinois fans, 
kind of accustomed in the last decade or so of a Mac yeah. team being able to to upset them. The last team they played, Eastern Michigan, in 2019, came in and upset them. So, uh, what's the key to Toledo, the Mac champion, uh, pulling this off? Yeah, I mean, some of them are just like boilerplate football things. I mean, turnovers. I mean, Toledo can't come in and turn the ball over three times and expect to win. I think that'd be difficult. Um, they're going to have to have you know big explosive plays. I think they need to get up early, playing from behind just not not a good situation i mean it's a night game people are going to be excited i i think there'll probably be a pretty good crowd there um a lot of excitement around illinois right now um so th- those things i think are are really important i think daquan finn kind of has to be like the mvp of this game yeah. if toledo is to win um m- maybe that goes without saying he's like the quarterback but still i just I think he needs to make some kind of highlight plays. They got to somehow figure out a way to neutralize Johnny Newton and the other guys on that defensive line. Um, and then I don't know if if you if Toledo's D line can figure out a way to pressure Altmeyer. I mean, maybe you know an inexperienced quarterback gets a little little panicky. But the longer the underdog stays in a game, yep. the more the favorite kind of. And and I know the history of Illinois. I'm sure. I don't know. You, you get nervous, and it's hard for teams that maybe haven't had success, you know, build on that success mm-hmm. and, and keep it going. But I think things are, are in the right direction with Brett Bielema. I think he's the absolute perfect coach for that program. Yeah, it's a great test for, for both teams, for Toledo to see uh, if they can be that group of five sneaky team, for Illinois to see if they can sustain it, uh, something they've struggled to do over the last 30 years or so. Well, Kyle Rowan, Toledo Blade, really appreciate the insight. Enjoy the trip to Illinois, man, and I'll see you on Saturday night. All right, sounds great. Appreciate it. I want to take a minute and tell you about Homefield. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection over 150 plus colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Homefield designs are super unique, guys, because they delve into the archives and history of each school, including Illinois, and these unique logos and iconic moments create thoughtfully designed apparel. So if you go to Homefield, apparel.com you can see the 80s Illini football helmet that so many of you like flying Illini logo the Illinois basketball logo from the 2004-2005 Illini team the script Illini is there and you guys these are the most comfortable shirts. And that's what I love about Homefield Apparel. You get the comfort, but you also get authenticity and nostalgia. So I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see their collection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners at Illini Inquire get 15% off their first order with discount code Illini23. Again, 15% off your first order at homefieldapparel.com with discount code Illini23. So, as you go to Illinois football games, get ready for the Illinois basketball season, Homefield Apparel is the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So, check them out at homefieldapparel.com. I'm very excited to announce a new partnership with Underdog Fantasy. We decided to partner with Underdog because it's the easiest place to play fantasy sports. It's also the fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Underdog Fantasy has a lot to offer, including their Pick'em game. In Pick'em, you pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. It's so easy to play. Just pick two to five stats of your favorite players and choose whether they'll go higher or lower. You can more than 20 times your amount of money by going 5 
for five. They also have a Best Ball Mania. If you think you know football, you got to check this one out. This year's Best Ball Mania has 50 million in total prizes up for grabs, with the winner taking home three million. So sign up today with promo code Illini and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store. And don't forget to register with my promo code Illini to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. You must be 18 plus and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-522-4700 or visit ncpgambling.org. Alright, let's just uh, dive right into this. Five things I'm looking for for Illinois football against Toledo. It will be a hot one during the day uh, and probably early in this game. So uh, the players need to hydrate, which uh, they do. But to all of you, if you're in the tailgates, you know, have a few pops, sodas, Make sure you get uh, some of the waters in there. Maybe some Gatorades. I'm more of a Powerade guy. Powerade Zero. Kind of my... The grape. Mm, that, that's my stuff. Not even a sponsor of the ONI Inquirer podcast. Just want to shout out Powerade Grape Zero. Love that stuff. Uh, but, yeah, hydrate before you get into the game. It's a long day, folks. It's a long day. Being in for the long haul. But, number one thing I'm looking for, I'm not going to get all fancy here and go to my line play, which you guys know... I like to do. No, it's about the quarterback. I wonder how Barry Loney and Luke Altmyer are going to balance aggression and minimizing mistakes. Because you want to take your shots when they're there. But you also, if you're Luke Altmyer and Barry Loney kind of alluded to this when I asked him, what do you need out of Luke Altmyer? He basically said, I don't need Luke to go outside of the offense, outside of the scheme. He's going to have his chances basically to, to make plays. Want him to be him, but he doesn't have to do it all by himself. It's his first career start for an FBS against an FBS opponent. He played against FCS Central Arkansas last year. Started a game for Ole Miss, but after you transfer, this is your big shot. You got the butterflies in the stomach. This is your game, right? You want to show everybody what you're made of. You didn't get that chance really at Ole Miss, and you want to show it to Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, and maybe you should have started me over Jackson Dart, uh, despite you know he had the injury that kind of held him back last year. But this is his opportunity, right? It's a long opportunity. It's a full season. And Illinois football doesn't need you to throw six touchdowns to win this game. They don't need you to make the splash play potentially to win this game. They need you to play smart football. They need you to make the throws that are there. And if there's an opportunity to make a big play, go make a big play. But Illinois can't afford turnovers. They can't afford what happened against Indiana last year. Right? That is the recipe to lose a game against a team you're better than in the trenches. Far better than in the trenches. I mean, Illinois' defensive front should dominate Toledo's offensive line, even though Toledo's offensive line pretty good for a MAC program. Illinois needs to dominate that matchup. The offensive line against a new Toledo defensive line that has tons of questions on. After they were pretty strong up front last year, they lost their top players, right? That's where you rely on that, you get going, you don't make the big mistake, and when a big play is there, you take it. You take it, and you make the play. But you just can't afford those big mistakes, penalties, interceptions, fumbles. Just be a fundamental player. And then get some confidence, help your team get up, and then take the kill shot later on in the game or whatever it is. Maybe when he comes out and decides, hey, I'm going to play action this deep right away and get Luke Altmaier confident, get everybody excited, and put Toledo down. I just I don't see that. I don't see that with Brett Bielma. I think they're going to try and impose their will in the trenches and, and try to kind of bury them that way. But... I'm just interested to see how, how Lunny and Altmaier balance all of that and how Altmaier kind of approaches his first game. Number two thing I'm looking for 
This gets a little nerdy. But Aaron Henry's ratio of man-to-man against zone defense. Illinois does a great job pre-snap, unlike Lovey Smith, during the Lovey Smith era, unlike that, of hiding what it does pre-snap. They don't really let you know whether they're running a lot of man or zone. Now, if somebody goes in motion, which is why a lot of times they do it, you kind of figure it out. But Illinois does a pretty good job of hiding that. But last year, they ran man-to-man 70 to 75% of the time because they had the dudes to do it. You had Devin Witherspoon, you had Quan Martin, you had Sidney Brown, right? Even Taz Nicholson, pretty good at it. They seem really confident in Taz Nicholson. They seem really confident in Xavier Scott, who they think could be a star. And Tyler Strain got some really good experience playing in this defense in the secondary last year. So maybe they still have that confidence. But Joey Wagner, and I have asked Aaron Henry about this in the past, I think they'll go more zone. And against a, a quarterback who likes to run and scramble, I think that makes some sense to run a little bit more zone. Illinois didn't have a ton of scrambling opponent quarterbacks last year, right? And when you're playing man-to-man, your head's turned to the quarterback a lot, right? The back of your head's facing the quarterback because you're watching your man. In zone, you can keep the eyes on the quarterback, contain, 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 and that has been the word of the week. We talked to Xavier Scott today, uh, recording this on Wednesday. We talked to Seth Coleman today. And the word contain was used by both those guys in reference to Daquan Finn, who's a dual threat quarterback. I think you got to make him a passer. You know, I, I watch him as a runner. He's he's good. He's powerful. He's athletic. Um, he's he's a weapon. But when you contain him in the pocket, make him pass. He's not all that efficient. Under sixty percent completion rate through twelve interceptions last year. Ten of those in three games against good opponents last year. Uh, I think that's the key. You got to contain them, but I'm I'm, I'm wondering uh, Henry's ratio of man to man against zone there because zone you can keep your eyes up and you can maybe contain him. And, and this kind of goes into my number three. I kind of combine these two: is the outside linebacker's ability to contain Daquan Finn. I referenced that conversation with with Seth Coleman today, and I asked him after he said we got to contain him. I, I said, you know, as an outside linebacker, an edge rusher, how do you balance that in the moment of trying to bring the quarterback down? but also, you know, containing him. You know, like when you see a quarterback run around, you think you can get him, especially when you're Seth Coleman or Gabe Ackes or Johnny Newton, whoever it is, Tariq Barnes. You feel like you can go get him. You just basically said, we got to do our job. And our job is to make sure, contain him, make him a passer. Because I think they know if you make him a passer, he's not quite as dangerous. When he gets out on the run, he's moving around. You let him outside the pocket, things break down. That's when he becomes really dangerous. So those things kind of go hand in hand. Is is there a little bit more zone defense? All your corners to do that? And then how do the outside linebackers? Because at times last year, Illinois' outside linebackers did struggle. They got faked out early in the season, kind of midway through the season at times, with those quarterback kind of scrambles and bootlegs and all of that. So it's going to be really important for those guys to kind of contain Finn but by kind of containing themselves from being like oh ball ball I gotta go get him you gotta make sure you keep him inside and then let everybody else clean it up even if you don't give credit for the tackle or the sack or tackle for loss whatever it is number four thing I'm looking for the carry split among the running backs I if I had to bet I think Josh McCray becomes the workhorse this year but I think if I would do split up the carries I'd say Josh McCray gets 200 Reggie Love gets 150, so I think it's going to be pretty evenly split. I asked, we know what McCray can be when healthy. we got to see if he's healthy, but he looked healthy the last time we saw him run against live competition in the spring. He's hurdling some people. looked like he had more juice. 
and talking to you know somebody who'd seen practice in the NFL scout, like they said, he's got more juice than I thought. He's not just a, a lumbering guy. So I'm excited to see if Josh McCray what he looks like fully healthy because he looked like a lead back. He looked like a John Clay. I know I keep using that guy, but Wisconsin guy. Like you saw that type of back at Penn State, at Purdue, his freshman season before the injuries kind of took away his sophomore year. Reggie Love, though, I asked all the coaches about him this week because it feels like we just haven't asked a lot about him. We haven't talked a lot about him. The fans don't talk a lot about him because I think we've seen him, but we haven't really seen him fully healthy until the end of last year where he looked pretty good. And he does a little bit of everything well, but what the coaches talk about is his trustworthiness, his steadiness. And there's a lot of value in that. I know fans aren't going to get pumped up, about pass protection by a running back. It's really important. Coaches really like it. It's going to get you on the field. He's a pretty reliable receiver. And he does a little bit of everything well. I don't know if he's got one elite trait, but he does everything a little pretty well. And having that well-rounded back certainly helps. We saw him break tackles, continue to run when people thought the play was dead. He's got some toughness to him and strength to him, but he's also got some wiggle. He's got really good one-cut running back and, and some zone run schemes. So I think uh, I think Reggie Love's got a chance to have a really good year as well. And then I talked with Thad Ward today. Uh, they're excited about Caden Fagan. You know, you try to pump the brakes on guys, especially one making such a huge, huge leap in competition. But I think Caden Fagan getting here for the spring was massive. And now that Jordan Anderson is out for the season, uh, it is clear that Caden Fagan has a role. Potentially as a goal line guy, potentially as a short yardage guy. But the players talk about how they're excited. Bielema talks about how excited the players are when he plays. And I don't know if it's going to be a huge role, but I think he's going to get some opportunities. But I asked Thad Ward that, and he said, yeah, we, we've liked what we've seen. He's, he's made some huge improvements. So 6'3", 250, good athleticism, got a chance to play at a position that, especially in a limited role where he might not be pass blocking all that much, he could probably make an impact. Then Aiden Loffrey had some speed, healthy. He's healthy. I like his upside. Great speed, some power behind it, and uh, I think he could be really good. So that that room, I'm just interested to see what the carries look like among that group because I think it could be this year, ride the hot hand. Who looks good that day? Barry Lenny said it could be series to series, quarter to quarter, whatever it is. But he can keep those guys fresh towards the end of drives, towards the end of games, towards the end of a season. I think that could help make the difference in the red zone, in the fourth quarters, Let's be honest, that's where Illinois really struggled last year was the red zone and the fourth quarters because Chase Brown usually looked worn down by the end of them. Last thing, another one that's easy pickings, right? Early in the season, you want to see the new guys. You want to see the freshmen. Who who plays and how much do they play? The great thing is Illinois is not in the 2018-2017 realm where you're relying on freshmen. But Fagan is a part of that, right? Uh, and Malik Elsey certainly will be a part of that. I would imagine he plays. I don't know if it's 20 offensive snaps. Maybe it is, but he's going to play. Other guys we've heard get named are Mac Resetich. He's a special teams guy. Could he get in the rotation at safety? I doubt it because I do think it's going to be Clayton Bush, Demetrius Hill, Miles Scott. Maybe Nicario Harper plays star. Maybe he plays strong safety. I'm not quite sure yet, so I'm interested in those things. But the DBs. Which who emerged as the top backup or the third or fourth corner? I think Xavier Scott's probably in that mix. Um, if they needed a guy to go to there, but the star position is so important, the nickel position. 
is it Caleb Patterson? I, I didn't, didn't seem like it. Is it Prince Ford who just got here in the summer? Or is it one of these freshmen? Sabor Kareem, four-star kid. Zach Toby, who's been here since the spring. Jaheen Clark, who Brett Bielma mentioned the other day. I'm wondering if those guys uh, could get a little playing time. The defensive line, I think we're going to have to – Illinois would have to have a couple injuries if, if Jeremiah Warren or Alex Bray played. But those guys have gotten some buzz from the staff. And I do think Kanari Wilcher is a guy who can play. I, I don't know where he's at, if he's sixth, seventh, or eighth. I think you could throw him, Sean Miller – and Alex Kapka-Jones in that group who are behind Hank Beatty and Malik Elsey, but I, I just think he could end up making an impact either on special teams uh, or as a wide receiver who can stretch the field because he brings speed, and I do think they're going to play a lot more wide receivers. Listen, I think the the blueprint to winning this game is in the trenches and with an efficient quarterback and a secondary that doesn't give give up big plays. That's how they won games last last year. The way to lose this game is to play like you did against Indiana. Despite winning in the trenches, you make mistakes. Missed assignments. You get beat over the top in the secondary, and you commit turnovers. That's how Illinois loses this game. But I do think they're better in the trenches. I think they're more talented. I think they're deeper. So if you avoid those miscues, those self-mistakes, I think you're going to win this game. But Toledo is good. They should have your respect. Brett Beal was called a Mac champs all offseason. This is a team that can beat Illinois. But if you're Illinois and you're going to sustain success and you want to build on last year, these are the type of games you start going into thinking, yeah, they're the MAC champs, but we're Illinois. We win these games now. Same way at Kansas is going to be a huge, huge game, right? But those are the games you now want to win if you want to take the program a step forward, and more so Toledo than Kansas. Because Kansas, you're on the road. That's a Power 5 program. Toledo's a respectable program, but you got to cut out those mistakes. Like Ups and downs are going to happen through a season. If Illinois loses this one, I don't think the season's all over. But to get some confidence in yourself, some confidence in the fan base, it's kind of games you got to win. So the spread's not, minus nine. I really like that spread. I have Illinois covering that. But I do think it can be a competitive game going to the fourth quarter. But guess what? Talking season is over. And you know what? I'm sick of talking season. I'm sick of talking about what could happen. I'm ready now to talk about what is happening. And we get to start doing that after Saturday's game. Joey Wagner and I will be here late night with you live on our YouTube page. We'll have the podcast up right after that. But we will do the Illini Inquirer podcast live after the game. And we'll be able to actually talk about what Luke Altmaier looks like. What this running game after Chase Brown looks like. How the offensive line settled out. Is it Josh Geske starting at right guard as, as we would expect? Or did Jordan Slaughter end up actually winning this job? Or what does the secondary look like? All those things we get to finally talk about. Barry Lunny, do you have any wrinkles? Does an Aaron Henry defense look any different than a Ryan Walters defense? Saturday night, maybe Sunday morning, we get to start talking about those things. And we'll do it right here on the Illini Enquirer Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer Podcast. Give us a follow, a rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Hit the like button and hit the notifications bell as well. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. Have a great time at the Illinois game on Saturday night against Toledo at Memorial Stadium. Remember, hydrate. And we will talk to you after that right here on the Online Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.